Hey y'all, hey, how are you doing? I'm going to welcome you to Diary of a Chocolate Girl podcast. If this is your first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are returning, hey girl, welcome back. How's it going? How's your day? Hope all's good. So today we're going to be talking about taking leaps of faith. And I have a very, very special guest with me today, someone who's inspired me in some shape or form. And she's going to kind of tell us about her story and her journey of taking a leap of faith and the outcome and what she went through throughout that journey and season in her life. So I'm going to let her go ahead and introduce herself. You there, girl? I'm here. Hey, everybody. My name is Tessa Bryan. I'm so excited to be with y'all today. Welcome, girl. Welcome to the Chocolate Club. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So we're just go ahead and dive into it like Trey songs. Um, so what is <laughs> what is your definition of faith? My definition of faith, it's a strong belief that in God's will, there's a purpose and a plan for my existence on this earth at this time. All right. So with your definition of faith, how does your faith carry you from day to day? Like what gets you through your day with depending on your faith? Oh, um, so my faith helps me remember who I am. It's literally an everyday process of believing who God says I am versus what society may say, or even like that negative self-talk we sometimes do, like the mm-hmm. things we struggle with or feel like we're inadequate in. Uh, my faith always reminds me, you know, God says I'm able to do anything through his power. And also, it just brings a lot of clarity to my day. It helps remind me what my priorities are. Because, you know, like on social media, uh, dealing with friends and all these outside voices, there are so many opportunities to be distracted. Mm-hmm. And so if you're focused on all those things, you're just wasting your time, really. But my faith it helps me to keep focused on the things that I'm believing God for. It helps me take those leaps of faith in the things that I have as prayer requests. Okay, nice. Um, I like that you mentioned sometimes you kind of have those outside interferences, of, which ultimately gives you a little spirit of confusion and self-doubt. Um, so it's kind of just leaning that to your own understanding, but trusting whatever the path that God has set for you to be on, whether you can may not be able to see the ending or the outcome, but you just know that you just gotta kind of got to leap into it and trust that all things will work for your good. So, exactly. yeah. So with that, describe a time where you took a leap of faith. Ooh, I would say my uh, most recent leap of faith was pursuing my doctorate degree and finishing it. So that was a huge leap for me. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I really wanted to pursue it um, just because looking back over my family, I'm a first-generation college student, and that's a cycle that I wanted to break and just start a new legacy of, you know, being educated, um, reaching those higher levels with your education, Mm -hmm. which leads to, like, better career opportunities and those things. I just really wanted to change the trajectory in my family. So it was really like a two-step process of praying and then putting in the work to pursue the degree. Nice. Definitely important. Um, So with you taking that leap of faith of pursuing your doctorate, um, what were some of the steps that you took towards making that decision? First step was really just praying about it Mm -hmm. and just asking God, you know, is this plan that I have for myself, is this a part of your plan? Yes. And I feel like God will confirm that for you, um, if not directly through prayer. 
maybe through somebody else or give you some kind of sign or word that speaks to you where you just know in your heart, like, yes, okay, God is saying, move in this direction. And then I had to discipline myself to look at the deadlines and really take inventory of my life to see if, you know, if I could be disciplined and faithful enough to pursue this opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I did that as well. And then, um, that really carried over into all areas as far as finance. Like, can I finance this? Can I save the money? Um, can I be disciplined with my spending? Cause you know, a girl loves Fenty. She loves shopping. Yes, girl. It gets hard. It gets <laughs> real hard out here sometimes. <laughs> it does. But then it was like, I want to be going back and forth between uh, Fenty and buying books, you know? So I was, right. discipline myself, stretch that makeup, <laughs> add some water to it. Girl, <laughs> yes. Yes. Be, keep it real. <laughs> Just so I can keep my finances for school. Um, you know, we're laughing and joking, but it's really a serious thing. You know, it's discipline mm-hmm. if you want to pursue your dreams. Yes. So that was pretty much my process. It was a lot of discipline, um, putting time aside for studying, making that sacrifice and just remembering what my leaf of faith was about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what were your emotions going through that whole process of taking that leap of faith? Um, You're going to pursue your doctorate. Like you said, you're making sure that you want to do things such as you want to pray first and foremost throughout the entire process, as well as being disciplined. So with all that going on and making this big step towards bettering yourself professionally and personally, what were some of your emotions during that time? Ooh, there was a lot of emotions. Mm -hmm. Uh, The two biggest ones were uh, fear anxiety, even some imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I think that comes with doing something new. Um, it's really stepping into the unknown. So mm-hmm. I'm learning that those feelings are normal as we do take leaps of faith. But in that moment, just not knowing what the next step looks like, if I can complete this assignment, doing something brand new, it was a lot of fear and anxiety. But I think the thing you have to remember is that those emotions are normal, but we have to be disciplined enough to keep pursuing the things that we're hopeful for. Yes. Yes. So with that, you're saying you, you felt some fear, which is natural. I, I think we all feel that from time to time, especially trying something new and stepping outside of your comfort zone and ultimately to better and grow as an individual. Um, so with that fear and your anxiety, and you said you had a little imposter syndrome, which is understandable. So did you kind of sometimes feel like you didn't belong in that type of situation? Did you kind of feel like you were kind of isolated in a sense, whether it was your life socially, was it with family? Like, like what was that like? Did you kind of feel any of those things? I felt a pretty good mix of all of those things. Uh, with the imposter syndrome, I think it came from uh, the type of education I was pursuing because my doctorate is in higher ed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of black women going mm-hmm. in that path, especially towards uh, being a professor. Mm-hmm. And then also I was one of the youngest students in my class. So to disconnect my classmates a little bit, a lot of them were either mid-career or had like 10 years, 15 years of experience with their belts in mm-hmm. higher education or in education. And they had a whole different set of priorities than me. They had families and children. Mm-hmm. So there's this connect socially there as well. And then on the other side of that, with uh, my family and my friends, there's a disconnect with them because now my priorities changed. Yeah. So there's a lot of times where I had to respectfully decline events. I'm talking birthdays, sometimes baby showers, just mm-hmm. those really big life events that you want to share with people. 
And it was hard to say, you know, I want to be there for you in this moment. My education is my priority and I have to really focus on that. Yes, most definitely. Um, And with that, so you're kind of, in a sense, getting stretched. Um, Definitely, I know, emotionally, spiritually as well, because like you said, you're taking that huge leap of faith and you're not always happy. Sometimes you have the anxiety and sometimes you're scared because you don't know how the, what the turnout's going to be. With that, you obtained your doctorate degree. Congratulations again. We're not going to diminish that anyway, because that is a huge accomplishment in itself. Um, So with that, What's the outcome of who Tess Bryant is now? Um, how do you feel that it shaped and molded you and helped you grow in a sense to the person that you are today? It definitely uh, improved my persistence. Mm-hmm. This degree was about five years to complete. So there's a lot of discipline in that area. Mm-hmm. Also, I would say the biggest change is that I'm not afraid to ask for help yeah you know sometimes we don't want to feel like we don't know everything or don't want to feel inadequate but the only reason I finished is because I was willing to take constructive criticism Mm -hmm. you know if I did something wrong realize that what I did was wrong not the fact that I am wrong as a person yeah and the fact that I was able to ask for help you know if I don't know how to find the source if I'm having trouble with this analysis I had to go to the experts or other professors and ask for help. So it's definitely made me more aware of the things I do know, but there's still so much I have left to learn. You know, a degree is a paper, but learning is a lifelong process. So I feel like this program helped me create a support system for myself to learn and gave me a process to look at when I'm thinking about learning new things. Mm -hmm. So with that, I kind of want to get a little personal with social life. Um, how did your social life change? I know you had a more commitment towards your schoolwork and obtaining your degree, but how did your friendships look in a sense from when it started and you decided I'm going to take the leap of faith and pursue my doctorate to you getting and completing that goal of actually obtaining your doctorate? What's your kind of friend circle look like relationship with family? Did it get stronger? Like, what does that look like now? Girl, in the beginning, there was no social life. Girl, I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so first two or three years, I literally uh, disappeared off the map. But honestly, that was unhealthy. Looking back, you need some type of balance. No matter if you're pursuing a new opportunity with degrees, mm-hmm. your career, you need to have that balance yeah. to keep you human in a sense. So if anybody's thinking about pursuing education or career changes, don't isolate yourself. You still need that support. Mm-hmm, um, as far as my friend circles and social circles, they did change. At the beginning, I would say they were bigger, broader. But as I got deeper into the program, they really got smaller, but also stronger. Because mm-hmm. my friends that really cared about my success and kind of a person, they respected those boundaries. They understood, you know, Tessa can maybe talk on the phone, but not for three and four hours. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. I right. might shoot you a text and say, what's up? I'm still alive. But, right. But we got stuff know, to I do. Mean, <laughs> exactly. We got a schedule. We got a planner. We got right. alarms. We got things to do. Okay. <laughs> so it was nice to see uh, friendships grow deeper. It was hard to lose a few people along the way just because of 
not just my life changing, but their lives too, you know? Yeah. And that's hard, but I'm hopeful, you know, maybe with time we'll come back around, you know, see you next lifetime. But if mm-hmm. not, it's all good. I wish everyone the best and yeah. I'm happy with where I am in life and the people that I can count on. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we've all experienced that at some point in life where everybody can't go with you to the next level. That's just keeping it real, you know. God has shaped and molded you for this particular purpose. And sometimes you got to shed certain people that you may have known since you were five, or you may had a strong tight bond with at some point or season in your life, but sometimes they're just not meant to go to the next level. Um, and sometimes you do have friends that withstand that test and are strong there to support you. And they are meant to be there to help you in some shape or form being better individual. So like we said, it's nothing personal. Sometimes it just happens. Sometimes you just naturally outgrow people as well. So it's just, I just consider it a part of life at this point. Cause I, I can't even, I'm not even gonna count how many bodies I don't uh, shed it off, but in the name of Jesus, is moving on so so right it's real right it's real so with that what words of encouragement would you give someone who is contemplating taking a leap of faith what would you say to them or if they're maybe a little afraid because they don't want to step outside of that comfort zone how would you encourage them to trust God and kind of take that next level I would say make your request known to God, uh, petition his guidance through prayer. Look at what you want to do. If it's a huge goal, uh, like a degree that may take several years, break it down into very small pieces. You know, first step, just research programs or research your field. Mm -hmm. Um, Every leap of faith starts with a step. So just think about the things you can do daily to exercise your faith and act on that. Can you wake up 30 minutes early for a devotion? Can you make that Wednesday night prayer service? Can you talk to somebody in that field? Mm-hmm. And definitely give yourself positive affirmations. One yes. thing I did is in my mirror, just in a little dry erase marker, I wrote my name with the title doctor in front of it and just looked at it every day. Mm-hmm. So every day I faced myself in the mirror, I literally saw what I wanted to accomplish in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I would suggest doing that, um, finding scriptures that confirm who you are. One of my favorites is Joshua 1 and 9. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be afraid for your Lord God is with you wherever you go. And just do it. Nice. Yes, I like that a whole lot, especially those positive affirmations. Um, I'm a very strong and firm believer in what you put out there in the atmosphere is what you give energy to. Um, Just like me going to work on Monday morning, you know, you're kind of lagging. You don't really want to do it, but you kind of kind of pep your stuff up pep yourself up and be like, Hey, it's going to be a great and wonderful day in the name of Jesus. I'm going to be victorious. These people are going to get on my nerves, Lord, but you know, I'm going to keep my composure, keep me near the cross so I don't pop off because I am yours. <laughs> so sometimes you need that. And I like that what you said of writing it on the mirror, write those goals out. So you have that first step of visualizing of what it is that you want and start putting an atmosphere, speaking it. Hey, I'm a winner. I am that business owner, or I am this straight A student, or I am going to be this multimillionaire, whatever your dreams may be. I wholeheartedly believe that if you put it in the atmosphere verbally and you start believing that and praying on that, I believe that if it's meant for you, it will definitely happen. So Thank you for that spill of Leaf of Faith, Dr. Tess Bryant. Doctor, yes. So. (laughs) And it is so. Yes, it is so. Yes. So we're going to have a little fun now. We're going to play a little game. It's called What Would You Do? So I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios and you're going to tell me 
what type of advice you would give or what you would do in that situation. So you ready? I think so. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get into it. So your friend is contemplating leaving their job of steady income to chase a dream of music. What do you say to them? Ooh, keyword there is steady income. Yeah, it's like steady. How much steady income? Steady. I don't know, but I think it's real good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's a good amount. Okay. Uh, what I would suggest doing is I probably sit down and have a talk with them. I would want to discourage them from the dream, you know, of music. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely just kind of pick their brain. I'm that friend that likes to ground people just kind of break things down like okay well you want to do music well how are you going to do this mm-hmm. how are you going to finance yourself right. are you going to immediately leave your job or maybe have an exit plan maybe do it part-time I just kind of pick their brain to make sure that if they're going to pursue music or any other dream they're doing it in a way that they can really enjoy the process and not feel like they're struggling for money or you know having to sacrifice yeah so what if they like played you the demo or the mixtape and it was trash? Oh, would you would you re, would you reconsider? She'd be like, um, maybe we start like move down to part time first and see how it goes, and then maybe like how would you if the music wasn't really up to par? That is hard because you don't want to break anybody's dreams. True. But I also don't want to feed people false hopes. <laughs> there you, yeah, that's true. That's right. You don't want them thinking they sound like Beyonce and they sound like Hazel E, but you know, ah. it's whatever. <laughs> Keeping it real, you know, it happens. It happens. Yeah. Oh, I know what I would do. I would definitely be lovingly honest with them, but also maybe encourage them to explore some other avenues of music. You know, everything else be go. singing and rapping. True. Maybe you can do like the producing, like the beats, the songwriting. So I think I would do that. Okay. That's good. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. All right. So next question. Someone is believed they are in a marriage and there is someone else for them. What would you say to them if they come to you for advice? Someone else. Oh, mm, somebody else, child. Somebody else. Oh, okay. Well, from a biblical perspective, um, marriage is between three individuals, you know, mm. husband, wife, and God. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, I'm a single person here, not married, giving this advice, but, you know, <laughs> it's okay to be. I would, <laughs> Girl. I would just remind them of that fact. If they are indeed um, a Christian, you know, because it may mm-hmm. not apply to them, but I remind them of that fact. But I also encourage them to protect what they have. A lot of people are trying to get there, you know, like it's exactly. hard here in these streets. It sure is. I don't like it, Lord. I don't like it. <laughs> in that <Right>. atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> so I would encourage them to maybe do some couples counseling, maybe even some individual counseling. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. Find a trusted pastor or another couple that's more seasoned in their marriage yes. walk and talk to them. You know, it may be a normal feeling in a marriage and that couple could help them walk through that season. I just wouldn't go straight to divorce or, you know, anything stepping outside of the marriage like that. I try to give it every single fighting chance before we bring up divorce or cheating or adultery, you know. 
Yeah, definitely agree. And I like that, some mentorship. Um, I think that's important for anything you're going through in life. If you're trying to get to a certain level, um, you need those people to uplift you and to stretch you. So I think mentorship, like she said, and I like that idea of finding a more seasoned couple with marriage who has probably seen that type of situation or a pastor or a spiritual advisor who can help you. But certainly I would say not to give up. And I think counseling is a very, very good idea because we don't like to really do that in the black community because we don't want to spend the money or whatever it may be. But I think that's an awesome, mm-hmm. awesome idea. So good question, girl. Or good answer. I like that. All right. So the next one, you have a close and dear family member who has been toxic and you have decided to withdraw communicating with them. They notice your change in interaction and they confront you. How do you respond? This one's hard because it's family. Yeah, girl. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so if they're coming to me, I assume that they're hurt by my actions in some way. Mm-hmm. So um, I would hope that when I explain to them why I'm withdrawing, whether it's something they're doing or saying, I would probably be very careful the way I worded it. Um, something like, you know, when you talk about my rate, it makes me feel like this. That way I don't sound like I'm blaming them mm-hmm. for the situation because I would assume we're both hurt at this point, so blaming each other won't make it any better. Exactly. And then from there, I mean, you know, if they're receptive to what I'm saying, we can kind of work towards building that relationship back up, but if they're defensive or don't want to hear me out and it becomes even more toxic, I think those boundaries have to stay until we can figure out a better way to communicate with each other because self-care is the best care. It so. sure <laughs> is. It sure is. Especially those boundaries. Like if someone's not at respecting those boundaries that you put up in place sometimes you just have to let people go but I think boundaries are so so important um you just need them they're just necessary I think um so yeah so last question your significant partner of a long time proposes and the ring size is less than 0.1 of a carat. yeah so do you accept (laughs) You're trying to make them come for me, girl. Girl, girl. <laughs> okay, so so we can be real here. Um, I feel like I can be real with you. Yes, girl. Your podcast all about realness. That's right. It's all about the realness. That's right. <laughs> so on one hand, we know material things, you know, shouldn't be our main priority. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, my left hand, you know, I would assume <laughs> yes. if we've been together for a while that you would know what I like, what I dislike, mm-hmm. may even slip a picture around you. So I would like to think that, you know, my significant other would put some real thought into the ring that I'm going to wear for the rest of my life. Yes, I agree. Like, and here. so... Yeah, I I would think that it would be a little bit more um, along the lines of what I like. Right, like, here, babe, look at my Pinterest board. Aren't these cute rings? Take some hints. Something. Um, So to dive deeper in that, what if he was really excited about or anxious about proposing, but he just wasn't able to provide what he knew you liked financially? Would you consider that or would you still accept it? Would you think maybe, all right, maybe we can work on it later? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, that's difficult because 
I mean, finances are one part of it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I would think if that was an issue when you proposed to me, because maybe I just overthink a little bit, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of curious <laughs> now, like, what, how, not necessarily, like, how much money you make, but how are you budgeting? What does your financial situation look like Yeah, going forward? Because we're going to be married, so... I'd be a little concerned if I've already kind of seen some flags and maybe indicate, you know, yeah. there might be some issues already. <laughs> yeah, because getting married isn't cheap. My sister, her, and just watching her plan, like, you got to send out invitations. She had a destination wedding, so I don't even want to think about how much that costs. Like, it's just, it's just, it's living in itself is expensive, but just imagine getting married, you know, like that okay. takes a good chunk of change. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, I don't, yeah, I would just have to have, have a talk with him. Like, babe, can we just talk first? <laughs> this isn't right. a no, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. I can't see it. Anywho, but yeah, so that concludes our questions. So, don't come for her, y'all. We're just keeping it real. It's just all in fun. Don't be going and trying to bash her for her answers. I, I would be a little mad too. So there, come at me, come at me. So, so yeah. So thank you, Dr. Tess Bryan, for coming on and sharing your experience with taking a leap of faith and just being open and transparent with us. Um, I hope that her story and journey can inspire one of you guys out there if you're maybe contemplating a leap of faith um, in higher education just just as she did. Um, so I hope you can listen to this and get some encouragement from it and kind of inspire you to take that leap of faith as well. Um, we did run over a couple things of always praying first. The first step of faith is trusting God, even though you can't see the outcome or the final way that it's going to look, but you're still just trusting God wholeheartedly throughout the whole process. You're praying and you're just giving it all to him and surrendering him that he's going to have your best interest at heart. Um, so again, thank you for joining us, girl. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if this, yeah, we got to get you to come back girl. Yes. So again, if this is your first time joining in, I hope I can see you guys back for the next episode. If you want to reach out to me, I am on Facebook and Instagram at Diary of a Chocolate Girl. If you want to shoot me an email on top of suggestions or any comments about this episode, you can email me at diaryofchocolategirl.info at gmail.com. All right. So it's been fun. Thanks for coming and kicking in with us for a little bit today. And I hope you guys have a great week. Stay blessed, stay up and stay chocolate. Bye.